0: full of love for Jesus and um, he was out running along the clifftops and he was looking out over the, over the sea and there was, there's this beautiful sun was just coming off on of the horizon and he was, just had a wonderful sense of well-being. and he tripped and he, and he actually went over the bank and he was flying down the side of this bank. Uh, dropping down the side of this bank and there was this branch, this bush that was coming out the side of the bank and he brushed part of it and he grabbed hold of one of those branches and he held on fast to that branch. And he looked down as he, he saw the waves crashing against the rocks and he looked up at how far he'd fallen. Jesus, Jesus, save me, Jesus. And this deep voice came down. Let go of the branch. He looked down. He looked up. Is there anyone else up there, he said. <laughs> you know, this is not a true story. But I see elements in the story that, that, that actually uh, apply to me. And, and as I unpack the story of Peter, you can see elements of that of, because it's a true story, you can see elements of that that will really impact your, uh, your life. I want to share scripture that will allow you to hear this true story, to get a clear picture of Peter and his place in it. The challenge for you today is to see what is your place in this picture. Who are you in this story if you put yourself there? Are you Peter? actively following, or those watching and sitting in the boat. I found myself in this picture. I found myself, and I believe you will find yourself here today. But I found it, and I can identify my role. And you see, Peter is the role model that I see, because he was a participator. Peter was was someone who didn't stand in the boat, Peter was someone who said I want to do what Christ has called me to do. And he was someone who just let go. Jump in. Go hard at it. He didn't sit passively in the boat. He was part of this, this picture. He wasn't observing the picture. He was part of the picture. And this is my view of him. This is how I identify with him. Because He was active, he was not passive and he tested God and God tested him. And we wanna unpack this story so that you can get a sense of where you fit in this story. It's an amazing story. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we open your scripture, as we open your word, as we pray by your Holy Spirit, we pray that you release in us renewed faith, an expectation that this word will become living and active in our lives, sharper than any double-edged sword. We ask it penetrates, even dividing our soul and spirit, our joints and marrow. We ask it to judge the thoughts and attitudes of our mind. Lord, this morning, unlock our fears, increase our faith. Give us the confidence to follow our beloved Peter, a boldness to step out of our boat, to let go of those worldly things, that provide assurance, a level of comfort of our safety, You know, easy to destroy, be sunk and remembered no more. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to give you a chance to respond just as Peter does by jumping out of the boat a bit later on. So hold on to that thought. Hold on to this thought um, and we'll give you some a little bit of time where, where, where you can just be real, authentic with your God this morning. So I'm going to, Talk about a scripture that I love. And this is from Matthew 14, 31. Jesus immediately, sorry, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, 20, and, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. There's another little bit there. I'm doing the right things, but it's not happening. Sorry, guys. Let me finish this, finish. Oh, there it is. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Now you see, Peter was a fisherman. So, so he, he, he looked at this boat as his security. He had been used to it. it. It provided a tangible thing he could hold on to. It was being tossed around in the wind. But when Jesus said, come to Peter, he just jumped straight out of that boat. He didn't even hesitate He said, Lord, if you tell me to come, I'll come. And he jumped out of that boat straight away. And as I draw you into this picture, this story, the challenge is to be able to consider how you would react, even today, if this was you. Would you jump out of the boat? Or like the others, just sit in the boat? You see, Peter has been called to an active life. He'd been called to, to, um, to just to follow. And his, his role was to just get out there. His role was to just, to just do it, to step out there. And I want to give you a bit of a background to this story because it'll give you some sort of understanding of what was going on around that time. Jesus had just been told about John the Baptist who had his head lobbed off. And his disciples had buried him. And so Jesus was seeking a place of solitude. But this crowd of people were following along on the beach. And so when Jesus landed, he saw this huge crowd, 5,000 of them. And he had compassion on them. And he healed them right there and then. He healed them. And as it was starting to get a little bit late in the day, he thought, I'll feed them as well. So he fed them fish and loaves. Isn't that what Jesus does? He heals, he feeds. It's what he does. And then what was happening is the crowd was still around. He said to his disciples, I need you to get on the boat and go. He didn't say, "Um, I think it'd be a good idea for you to do it. He actually told them, made them get on the boat. Made them get on the boat. So they were pretty reluctant at this stage to let go of, of Jesus. And in the, in the King James Version, it says he constrained the disciples. And when I look at that word, it says forced, compelled, pressured, coerced. So those guys were just not wanting to leave. But he was saying, go, you need to go. Why was he doing this? Well, you see what happened? Jesus dispersed the crowd. So the disciples had gone off. He dispersed all the crowd. And then what did he do? He went up into the mountain to spend time, solitude, time with his father. I reflected on that. And I thought, Jesus all through his life took this time aside, special moment aside, special time aside, where he connected with his father, where he, where he, he in solitude with no one else around, he went to be with his dad. All the busyness and all those sort of things that were happening, he elected, he, he decided. And, and this, is, this is something that he has said for us to follow. This is a, this is, he's saying, this is something that we need to do. And he knew he needed to do that. How often do we do that? How often do we actually take time away from the busyness of our lives? Take time away from friends? Take time away from others? And just in solitude come before our Father and His Son and the Holy Spirit. Well, what prevents us from, from doing that and being that, that empowering time? So he wanted to spend time alone with God, away from the world, just in prayer and meditation. So when he came down again, of course, no one was around. The boat was some distance away and it was buffeted by waves. So he said, oh, well, I better walk out and go and see them. Of course, they saw him coming from the distance. And they, they see this figure coming to them and they were terrified. They were terrified. They thought it was a ghost. And you see, the superstition at those, in those days for sailors was that if you saw a ghost, it meant shipwreck. And so they saw this, 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 this person coming towards that they thought was a ghost ghost, and they were terrified. They were absolutely terrified. But when they found out that it was Jesus, what did Peter do? What was the first thought in his mind? What what do, what what was he, what was he thinking? He wanted to be part of that miracle. He wanted to, and he said to the Lord, "Lord, if it's you, tell me to come, and I'll come." And what did the Lord do? He said, "Come." Peter jumped straight out of that boat. You see, Peter wanted to be part of that miracle. He was. In the miracle. He wasn't sitting aside and looking at the miracle. He was in the miracle. And he wanted to be part of that miracle. And so he he walked towards God, towards Jesus. Uh Uh-oh, something started to happen. He started to sink. And I think there's a key here for us. There's a big key here for this. Because when he became afraid, when he understood what the circumstances that he was in with the wind blowing, he got afraid. He doubted. And he started to sink. The beautiful part of that story that I love is that he immediately called out, Jesus, save me. And what was Jesus' reaction? Oh, no, mate. No, no, you jumped out of the boat. You get yourself out of this deal. Jesus, without hesitation, immediately, he reached out and grabbed him and lifted him up. And you know, that's the key for us, is to know that if we step out of the boat, if we step out of the boat, and things do not go as planned, that Jesus is there to help you. And the key there is too, that the, the attitude of Peter was that, Lord, you say, come, I'll go. What's your attitude? What is your attitude? You see, Peter tested Jesus. He said, okay, you said I'm coming, I'm in the water. But Jesus tested Peter also by inviting him to come. But no matter what happened, he was still there to lift it up. The more you jump out of the boat, the more you'll develop your faith. And there is a faith scripture, I'm sure you know it, which is Hebrews 11.1. 1. I love this scripture because I get a lot of solace from the scripture. And this is certainly not working for me. And it's technology, I'm going to let it alone. But but what Hebrews 11 said, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of things we cannot see. So how do you become sure? How do you become certain? You get out of the boat. And the more often you get out of the boat, the more often that you place yourself in this way the more you will get sure, the surer you'll become, the more certain you'll become. And that's what Peter did. You know, when when I looked at um, him, he had the ability just to stay there. And I know that many people stay in that boat because they're rooted there, because they feel safe and secure there. I know that people feel unworthy. Oh, I can't do it. I can't get out of the boat. But here was a man called Peter who just jumped out of the boat. A fisherman, a bit superstitious, a bit of a liar, yet he jumped out of the boat. And in his weakness, Christ made strong. Do you get that? So it's not up to him. It was up to what Jesus did in and through him. And he was made strong. I love this about Peter. You know, last week, Craig talked about Peter when Jesus said, come. Peter was in the fishing boat, right? And he just jumped out of the boat. What is boats with Peter? Of course, he was a fisherman, right? And so when Jesus was walking on water, what did Peter do? Jumped out of the boat. There was another time when he jumped out of the boat. When Jesus was resurrected, he had been and seen the disciples. And then later he, was, uh, he, he went down and, on the beach and the disciples were out fishing. And when they saw Jesus on the beach and when Peter knew that it was Jesus there, what was his action? Jumped out of the boat. And, just, and he left the rest in the boat. And he jumped out and rushed towards Christ. You see, what Christ had done, he'd come back and said, I want to reinstate Peter because Peter denied me and I wanted to reinstate him. Christ wanted to reinstate him. And that was incredibly important. And as soon as Peter knew that it was Christ, what did he do? Jumped out of the boat. Doesn't that make you excited? Can't you see yourself jumping out of the boat? Come on. Come on now. You can do it. It didn't require anything on his part other than Jesus to say, Come, and him to follow. And he gives us that, that, that whole ability ourselves because in Paul's weakness and in Paul's sin, Christ still chose him. And that gives us an amazing sense of understanding of the love of God because it doesn't matter. God will use us, each of us. We have no rights to say, I'm sitting in this boat. I'm not going anywhere because I'm too sinful or I'm too this or I'm too that. Christ will make strong where weakness is there. And Christ reinstated Peter even though Peter had denied him and told lies about him. I want to talk to you about how you can um, build this faith of yours, how you can step out of the boat. What keeps you in that boat? What keeps you in this boat? What prevents you from stepping out of the boat? What stops you from answering the call to come? You see, Jesus come and go, they're action words. He is calling each of us into a place of action, not a place passively sitting, doing nothing. And he will take you warts and all, and he will use you for his glory. Use you for his glory. When I gave my life to Jesus, I knew that it was not a passive role. And so when I see Peter, I get great courage to understand that that role was never going to be sitting in a boat. Never. That role is getting out of the boat and and doing, answering the call that Christ has on your life. And it's exciting. I get buzzed with that. I can see you have the same feelings. (laughs) You're not an undercover agent. You're not a silent witness. You're not called to be that, right? And as chairman of the board, I never believed when I gave my life to Jesus. I never believed, ever that I was to be a silent witness or someone that was to sit in the boat. I never believed that. I believed their calling was to be an action role and do as they did. My staff, they followed me here. When we stepped out of the boat and came to Tauranga and I've got staff here uh, today making sure I don't tell you lies. So I had some in the first uh, part of this meeting, i got some in the second. And no, they just keeping an eye on me. I've seen them keeping an eye on me there, you know. But the point is, they, when they came, I believe they felt they, they were loved and they felt significant and respected. They knew where their role was in the company and they knew what that role was for the whole company. And isn't that the same for us as Christians? There's no difference because absolutely as Christians, we know we're valued. We know we're loved. Why do we know? Because our Father loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus. And Jesus loved us that much that he gave his life freely for us. Isn't that good news for us today? That's amazing news. And so we know that. And there's something in our DNA, because God says, um, you love me because I first loved you. And there's something in our DNA that clicks when we understand that truth of His love, that the reality of His love in our life. It clicks in our lives. And our natural DNA is just to love Him back because we know we're loved and valued And we know what our role is. Our role has been clearly identified for us. What is that role? Go. Isn't it? Go and make disciples. Isn't that the role that we're called for? And let me tell you about a couple of little, um, amazing little connections that I'd had. My staff know that I'm a Christian. So they call me to do, Things. One of my staff had a friend who was dying in Auckland. We were living in Wellington at the time, quite a long time ago. And he said to me, he says, I'd like you to go and pray for my friend. Would you go and pray for her? She's dying of cancer. And so I did. I went to Auckland and there was a young guy in Auckland office. He's a Catholic. And I knew he was, loved the Lord and, and he had quite a prophetic ministry, actually. And I said to, hey, you, come with me. We're going to go and pray for this lady. And so we sat outside the, outside the gate and, and we came before the Lord in some quietness and said, Lord, what would you have us do? He said, I don't want you to pray for healing. I said, mm, well, we're here to do that. He said, no, I don't want you to pray for healing. I want you to introduce me to her. I want her to know my love for her. I want her to to understand who I am, and so we spent a couple of hours. She had a, a partner who was there, big man he was on the, he was on the doors at nightclubs, so he was a pretty big fella, and we talked about Christ and we invited them in the end to give their life to jesus. It was one of the most moving experiences that i 'd had. Because not only did this young woman give her life, but the partner who had been there, who had a white T-shirt that was ringing wet with tears as the Holy Spirit came on him and as he understood the love of Christ. And he bawled his eyes out. We prayed. The Lord then says, I want you to pray for her now. And I prayed for her. We prayed for her. You know what, the hospice came that night and they said, something's different. Something's different about you. What's happening? She said, I gave my life to the Lord. That's good, isn't it? And they says, yeah, but there's something more happening. And she says, I've been prayed for healing and I'm being healed. And the next day, they did tests. Guess what? Healed. Totally healed. So going from a to. Mansard- and bone and just skin hanging on bone. She was healed. Actually, I followed her for quite a while. But she's, she's actually a bit of a scallywag. And she's still a scallywag, I have to say. But her partner has become such a big mover in the church. He's, he's like really full on for God. So it's amazing what happened. Another time... Um, was when a guy who was coming across the car park, I was watching him from my office. We had a boardroom in the middle and my CFO, who was my prayer partner, he was there in his office. And as he's coming across the car park, the Lord said, I want you to pray for this guy. And he, he, was, he had a um, crutch under his arm and he's kind of sort of limping like that. He'd had a stroke, right? So, okay, Lord, okay, you want me to do this? He, I waited from to the top of the stairs. He came up the top of the stairs so we hobbled. And I says, um, Excuse me, would you mind coming into the boardroom? I need to talk to you. So he said, Oh, hey, what's about? So I said, You know, I was just about to start to explain that the Lord had told me I had to pray for him. And then my CFO came in to the boardroom. I said, What are you doing here? He says, Oh, I saw this guy coming across the car park, and the Lord said, I've got to go and pray for him. <laughs> really? Really? Did he have a chance? No. (laughs) I laid hands on him. We laid hands on him. I asked him if I could. And he was very dubious. And we laid hands on him. This is what he was doing. So he walked down the stairs, the old crutch over his shoulder. That's jumping out of the boat, don't you reckon? In the Philippines, just a very personal, and this is what I love about Jesus Christ. He is so personal in everything he does. And this woman, she was about 86, somewhere like that. And her problem was she had her knees were so locked together that she couldn't sit on the floor with her friends, fellowship, and do crafts with them. She felt really away from them. And and she wanted nothing more than to just be able to sit on the floor with her friends. So when I was preaching in this church, they were all on the floor, so there were no chairs except for her. She was on the chair. And we prayed for her and the greatest joy that she had was the Lord unlocked those, those locked knees and she was just able to sit on the floor, cross her legs and fellowship with the, with the other ladies and, 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 um, and do crafts and things like that. That was her specific, not to heal her, not to heal her, stop her from getting old or anything like that. Just she wanted to fellowship with her, with her friends. And that's the person of God. That's how personal he is. And that's getting out of the boat. I can tell you many stories of times in Philippines where he's called me into mission and India where he's called me into mission. I have prayed for people who have been crippled and they've healed, they've walked. I've prayed for people who, um, who, who couldn't hear, who were deaf and they heard. Not only heard, but he, the Lord at the same time restored their language but you will never see this. You will never experience this. You can't experience unless you get out of the boat. Don't you see that? If you sit in that boat, you'll only look at it. You'll only see what's happening. But when you jump out of the boat, you are in the miracle. Doesn't that make sense to you? Isn't that what you want? Is that what you're called when you say, come? This is available. It's not just to me. It's available to everyone. In fact, what the Lord says, even greater things you, you will do than I have even done. And He walked on water. He, he healed the sick. He, he, what else? I mean, He's just done so much greater than you will do because He went to the Father. And what it takes, if we follow what what, Paul, uh, what Peter has shown us, if we follow His, his leading, and always be there to say, Lord, if you say it to come, I'm coming. I'm, I'm jumping out of this boat. Does that make sense to you? Now, I want to give you time to respond to that message, to this message this morning. I want you all to bow your heads. And I want to, I want to um, invite you to ask the Lord For you to come and get out of that boat. And the process that that what we'd like to do is with everyone keeping their heads down, I'd like those that the Lord is saying, yes, I hear you, come. I'd like you just to stand. I don't want you to come to the front, but just where you are, with everyone bowed their head, this is a very personal moment between you and the Lord Jesus. It's a personal moment where you are saying, Lord, if you ask me, I will come. I will get out of the boat. And so right here in this place, between you and the Lord Jesus, all those of you that, that, that want to make that step of getting out of the boat, I want you to stand because I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, awesome, amazing! Thank you so much, thank you. It takes courage. You are worthy. Those that have been sitting in this boat saying, "I'm not worthy," look at Peter, superstitious old fisherman, not old, but fisherman, lied. Yet the Lord used, used him, used Peter in the most powerful ministry, the ministry of bringing the gospel to the world. This is for you. This is your chance to be empowered by God, that when you do make that stand, I'm going to pray this morning for your empowering from the Holy Spirit. Thank you. I'm loving it. Thank you so much. I'm going to give it a little bit more time because I know there are more here. You're sitting there wondering, oh, can I do it? Can I do it? Really? And the Lord is saying, come, come. Come, come. That's it. That's it. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. There's more of you. Take this opportunity that you would have a ministry of coming and going, that you would have a ministry that will be empowered and, and stepping out of the boat. Just another few minutes. Another wee while. There are still some more of you. All the rest, if you could just keep your head bowed. This is a personal moment. This is something for for those that have struggled, are struggling, and just want to get out, want to answer the call to come. That's it. That's it. That's it. Let me pray for you. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, he says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. My witnesses in Bethlehem, Tauranga, New Zealand and to the end of the earth. And I pray right now for you to receive power from the Holy Spirit right now. Receive power to witness in Jesus Christ's name. Father, unlock fears in Jesus Christ's name. Increase our faith in Jesus Christ's Name. Give us confidence to obey our call in Jesus Christ's Name. To follow our beloved Peter's example, a boldness to step out of the boat in Jesus Christ's Name. Ability to let go of the things of the world that draws us into a false sense of security in Jesus Christ's Name. We obey your call, Lord Jesus, and we step out of the boat right now. We want our faith to be authentic, our love to be authentic, our following to be authentic. And we want to use Peter right now as our role model so that we can be sure and certain in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.